0: I knew I had something because I literally went and tested that and the dog product at a local animal shelter, a place called Raystead, which is based in Ringmer in Sussex. I went to Raystead and worked with their kennels team and their cattery, put the product out next to the water bowls and went round with the team and put it out. And they were all lapping up the slurps. Even the fussiest of eaters was coming up and, and just lapping it all up. And I remember just saying to one of the team and said, well, I guess they always do this. (laughs) And they just turned to me and went, no, they don't. They never do this. There is never, you never get this high take up. That was the moment when I thought, okay, this is different.
1: This is the Ideas Lab podcast, where you can learn from great creative and entrepreneurial minds how to turn your ideas into original businesses, books, and brands. Because in a crowded world, it pays to stand out. This is your host, John Williams, best-selling author and founder of the Ideas Lab London. Susan Gregory is founder of Slurps, the company that creates organic dog drinks to keep dogs Happy, healthy and hydrated. Susan had a good job as head of food at Nestle until she quit in 2015. She realized she didn't want another job, she wanted to do something on her own. So I wanted to ask her how she got the idea for a drink for dogs, how she first got it off the ground and some of the entrepreneurial lessons she has learned that perhaps we can all benefit from hearing. So Susan, you've got a fascinating business here with Slurps, the hydration drink for dogs, I guess I would describe it as. Uh, But I'd love to know how you describe it and also how you came up with that idea originally.
0: Okay. Well, uh, we describe Slurps as nutritious drinks for dogs. Uh, Pretty simple, really, um, on the basis that Everybody worries about what they give their dogs to eat, but don't always think about how much their dog drinks. Um, and two out of three UK dogs don't actually drink the vet recommended amount. So that's where the idea was really to have something that was uh, super tasty, but also healthy and that gave a dog some nutritious. So, um, you know, so actually it, it they encouraged the dogs to drink when perhaps water wasn't going to cut it
1: and how did you discover this i mean it was this for your own dog
0: yeah actually it was through the cat uh the cat uh bobbin is no longer with us unfortunately um but uh we went to the vet uh with bobbin and uh the vet said to us your cat uh your cat's not drinking enough she's uh she she really needs to drink more and it's As soon as they said it, uh, you know, I thought, well, hold on, you know, we spend, well, I spent hours interrogating every single, you know, sort of label on what I was giving Bobbin and, to be fair, Ruby to eat. And it never even crossed my mind about how much they were drinking. I guess, like many sort of pet owners, I just put the water out and, you know, just thought, oh, well, they'll be all right, you know. And as soon as the vet said that, I suddenly thought, well, hold on. That's funny because the dog doesn't drink anything either, you know, and it was a case of we'd put the water out for Ruby and three days later, we'd have to empty it out and refill it, you know, and, uh, or we'd go on 10 mile hikes and she still, and she would refuse to drink, which as soon as somebody alerts you to that, you suddenly think, Oh, hold on. That's not great. And I need to do something about it.
1: Yeah. No, that's really interesting. And, um, Uh, And so you, I mean, you had a good job. You had, you've had a good career, and you left. You were, um, was it head of food for Nestlé? Was it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's a pretty major position to be in in the in the food industry. And so, why did you decide to start your own business? Was this something you've been wanting to do for a while, or was it? Was it just because of this idea?
0: Well, uh, it wasn't the first time. So um, I, in a, in a before that particular role, um, I had been working at Unilever, um, and I was a European category director for tea. Um, and I got to a point where, um, I, I had a European role. I was asked to do a global role and I, I suddenly thought, actually, I don't really want to do that. I'm traveling nonstop. I have no life. I, um, all my friends were sort of, you know, sort of stepping down and I was still racing around from airport to airport. And I just suddenly thought, no, that's not great for me. And so, and at that time I, I, I just sort of sat down and went, right, I'm going to do my own thing. And I literally walked out of, um, that job and, um, and, and had various ideas and ended up doing uh, a tea business, uh, which, was going okay uh it wasn't brilliant, but it was okay and uh just as sort of in the middle of that I got a call um and I was asked if I would go back to Nestle where I'd worked with before, and um to do a role there uh which I sort of hummed and hard about because I felt it possibly was a bit going backwards, but I thought, well hey, why not you know actually it's it's always good to have some cash behind you and um you know, and actually when you work for yourself, uh, was, you know, it takes a little while to build a business and actually it's good to have that little buffer there. So I thought, well, I'll go in. I'll go in for a little while and see how it goes. And um, and then I ended up being there. Uh, they they asked me to turn around the business, um, which I did. It was a failing business. I put it back into growth. I put it into profit. And I kind of did all that. And then really, there wasn't anything else to do. And actually, again, I wasn't really that taken by anything else there. So, um, you know, so actually, it was a fairly straightforward decision. And, um, you know, I like a challenge. And, uh, you know, sort of sitting in meetings all day is not always the most challenging thing. It's challenging on one sense, but it's fairly dull. It's fairly dull. And I, I've, I've got quite a curious mind as well. You know, I like to sort of, you know, try out lots of things and do lots of different things. And I wasn't getting that. I wasn't getting that from a big business. So, um, yeah. And so I I I'd had this idea, the idea had come up anyway, about, you know, doing something uh, with with drinks for, for dogs or cats. And so I'd I'd already started kind of experimenting and then it was just, you know, sort of, you know, a few
1: more steps. And so when you, when you started, what was your, what were the first things you did in say the first month or so?
0: Oh, um, what were the first things? Uh, I, I think it probably it was just sort of playing around and experimenting, um, you know, to try and find, um you know pets are different from humans and I know that sounds quite straightforward but in in the pet world you know if you want to try and if you want to get a a cat or a dog to taste something the result is usually fairly binary they either like it or they don't with humans you know my experience had always been with humans who are always really always too salty it's too sweet it's a bit bitter it's you know and uh, so in so anyway so first of all it was kind of right let's you know sit down and start sort of concocting different um different uh drinks that uh, will appeal to dogs and cats um, doing sort of background research looking at sort of particular nutritious uh, nutritional requirements for those cats and dogs and um and then actually going through and testing them and starting to talk to friends and family uh going around to people's houses with little samples and asking them to give feedback um but you know it, it takes a long time it does it's an awful long time and um also to you know it's all it's quite straightforward doing something in your kitchen when you want to start doing something on a more uh on a bigger scale actually that's Suddenly, changes changes the you know sort of ha- how everything goes. Um, I was looking at one point to import a, a product from a, a factory in Italy, and um, and actually went out there, scoped it out, etc. And you know, and then we were literally about to press go, and I'd even booked a, a stand at Crafts, and they suddenly turned around and said, "I'm sorry, we can't do what what we said we could do." it was like whoa where did that one come from and you know so all of those things you know you sort of think you're moving forwards and then suddenly it's just like a game of snakes and ladders
1: it is yes i think that's entrepreneurship all around really isn't it
0: yeah absolutely um so yeah so that's kind of probably the first thing was actually starting to look at the product
1: and and when did you know that you'd really got something here and it was really working because it's going well now
0: yeah, I mean, with the cat, um, I, uh, you know, at the moment, everything here says dog. Originally, you know, the first plan was was to go with a cat. And I had this product for um, cats, which I was um, sourcing from Italy. And actually, I, I knew I had, well, actually, yeah, on, on the cat product, I, I knew I had something because I literally went and tested that and the dog product um, at a local um Uh, animal shelter a place called Raystead which is based in Ringmer in Sussex beautiful place and um, they I I was looking for um, an objective audience to test the product and that sounds quite funny but what you can sometimes find with um, animals is that um, they they will do what their owner asks them to do. They, they understand that. And so if the owner puts something in front, I'm sure a million people will be saying, that's not true. They never touch the food that I give them. But um, you, you do find that there is, there is a, a tendency for them to do that. And so actually, what I wanted was an objective group of cats and dogs uh, of all sizes, all breeds, um, all ages to test uh, the products. And So I went to Raystead and uh, worked with their kennels team and their cattery, and um, went literally, you know, put the product out next to uh, in the in the kennels. Well, in both scenarios, next next to the water bowls, and um, went round with the team and put it out, and they were all lapping up the slurps. Um, Even the fussiest of eaters was coming up and and just lapping it all up and i remember just saying to one of the team and said well i guess they always do this (laughs) and they just turned to me and went no they don't they never do this there is never you never get this high take up and um that's that's when i thought that was the moment when i thought okay this is this is different
1: yeah Oh that's really exciting. So we so the, the, there are cats and dogs where if you put a, a bowl of water out they won't drink it but you put out slurps they do. So what slurps got in it, you know, broadly speaking and you know you don't have to reveal a secret formula or anything but what's in it ever makes it different?
0: Yeah, it's I mean, uh, what we say to everybody actually it, it's natural, it's organic, uh we use organic ingredients. Um it, it we use a kind of uh, a meat base um in there and then on top of that we use um a very potent fish oil that we import um directly from iceland and um it's huge got a huge um omega-3 and six content um, like half a gram of omega-3 per hundred mil portion which most people will know that omega-3 is measured in either milligrams or even micrograms it's rarely measured in grams um and uh because it's, it's, it, because it's quite potent, it, it also stinks. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it's the combination of, you know, basically the ingredients and the ingredients itself that, you know, is basically stimulates um, the, the dogs in this case into, into lapping it up. Um, And, you know, so it's great if, you know, your dog's a fussy drinker or just funny about drinking in certain environments or needs to build their hydration. And some of them even poured over their food. It's great for fussy eaters as well.
1: Yeah. And so it's amazing, really, because what you've done is what I've heard described as category creation. You've created what seems like a whole new category of product, which is really useful and needed for dogs and, and arguably for cats as well. And um, the challenge though sometimes is how you market a category. And I guess, you know, we were talking earlier before we started recording, like do people recognize um, the need for their dog to drink more? Have you found a problem with, with getting people to actually recognize that it's needed?
0: There's there's a small group of uh, people who will probably say, Oh, the dog will just drink as much as it uh, as much as it needs. Um, but actually, it's a very small group. Um, most people, well, I, I sort of I've split it, and you know, you've got the professional side of things, where you know, whether it be um, search and rescue, working dogs, gun dogs, um, uh, or sporting um, active dogs such as agility, canicross. Those people um, at a high level are incredibly aware of the need for hydration. They see it; it's like they're almost their number one um, to make sure that their dogs are hydrated properly. Um, so, from that perspective, you know they already they're fully aware. Then um, you've got sort of another area of people, which is kind of your just uh, your average pet owner, your average dog owner, and I'd say probably. Um, Probably, I I don't know, there's a good, it's interesting. I I get people who walk straight up to me and go, my dog doesn't drink enough, straight off. There's just no discussion. They know it because it seems to be quite polarized whenever I've spoken to people about it. You either get a Labrador who laps up water like no tomorrow, or you get another dog, even a Labrador again, who just won't drink um or, or is just funny about drinking and it it it's just you've just got two extremes of the scale. So some so you've got those people and then other people who've just probably more like myself just never even thought about it and you sort of mention it to them and they say, well come come to think of it. My dog doesn't drink very much. And it just you know they start to you know realize that other people realize because They've had to end up at the vets with their dogs on drips because the dogs become so dehydrated. And that, that's, that's a fairly regular uh, mention to them.
1: Yeah. And then obviously they're very aware. And, and what they say is if you're, it's what I'm always teaching on, on the courses that I run, if you are doing category creation, you need to evangelize the problem. That's the, best, that's, the better, that's the best way of marketing a new category, not just another product within an existing category. So I'd be looking at, is, can people recognize symptoms, for instance, in their dog that actually are, are caused by dehydration, even if they don't know that? And is there a list of stuff you could put on your website or in your adverts and says, does your dog do this? Do you know what those are?
0: Yeah, I mean, I have, there's, there's copious uh, lists of, you know, um, signs of dehydration in dogs. To be fair, once you see those signs of dehydration, it, it it means that the dehydration element is actually incredibly advanced, and you're really in, that's a danger sign, you know. If you see, so things, you know, they'll say, um, you know, the dog is listless, um, the, you can, you um, uh, scrunch up the the skin of the um, the dog, and it won't it won't go back easily because there's just no moisture in there. All of those things like that. By the time that's happened, you really need to see vets. You know, that's really bad. So you know the first things are really generally you, you can sit your dog is just flopping around, to, it loses the energy, it's listless, um, you know, and and that's the key one. That's the key one. I mean, I've had people said to me, um, you know, outside of, um, well, they just came back and said, you know what, uh, we thought our dog was just, uh, even though the, it, I think it was working cocker. And they said, even though the dog was working cocker, we just thought he just wasn't very active and was quite sort of laid back. And we bought some slurps and they, they didn't really believe in slurps. They just thought they, Tested out, and as soon as they gave it to the dog, the dog lapped it up, and suddenly was probably not not ideally became super active, you know, and they suddenly realized that their dog had been, you know, had just not been drinking enough for so long, and you know the dog was transformed. So things like that, people, people just you know you just don't think you wouldn't be aware.
1: So I guess there's some education to be done for people about uh, watching for those. Well, those are the advanced warning signs. But also, like, if you put out a bowl of water, the next day it's barely gone down, then this is telling you something. And, um, I mean, have you, you've had, um, you were saying, like, it's been quite a roller coaster. Yeah, I you heard you had some challenges last year. What, what happened last year when you... hoping the whole thing we're going to be taking off
0: yeah so um i had um been uh working i mean my I, i i was working with two factories basically to um you know basically to 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 sort of launch slurps properly and um uh i'd done you know a whole lot of sort of testing ahead of that Testing had gone very well, and so we went into uh, first production. Um, and uh, the first two production runs came back with um, sort of uh, fair, sort of a kind of alarm bell, really, because um, the shelf life, which uh, originally had been worked out to be nine months from the original um, pilot tests had suddenly dropped and um you know so basically to to about two months which is just not enough and um you know and actually even though i'd done uh, quite a lot of the background work this you know this hadn't come through um there are various reasons for that (laughs) one of them primarily was actually the the temperature at the the outside temperature at the time made a big difference and um So actually, I ended up having to basically lose two production runs worth of stock, uh, which is quite horrible um, and uh, not what was planned and immediately have to find a backup plan to actually making sure that I had stock to fulfill the existing orders. And so it's kind of like, oh, my God, you know, Right now, I've got to go out and find a um, a production unit and actually get this stuff made, um, and then also sort of get you know actually try and get uh, additional sort of resource in to actually sort of find out exactly what I needed to get that shelf life back up, um, and that's that's hard. It's hard. It's a knockback when everybody's going yes, I want to buy your product, and you're going whoa. So, um, yeah, that was tough.
1: Yeah. I mean, what does this result in you working all hours and sort of all weekend and yes, canceling holidays and things? Oh God. Yeah. But yeah, that sounds like the typical entrepreneurial life.
0: I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was partly that it was partly that. And also partly just, I had, I had to literally, um, you know, my plans for the, you know, I just had to sort of put them on almost on hold until I got everything else sorted. I just was able to keep you know, the basics running. But I, I realised that actually all my sort of, you know, my forecast, my plans for rollout, et cetera, et cetera, you know, I, I had orders coming in from France. I had orders coming in from other countries, and I just had to say no.
1: Yeah, no, that's heartbreaking. And the summer last year, I didn't do you any favours in other ways, did it?
0: No, because one of the other things that, <laughs> that you do uh, to, to, to meet the dog community is – Uh, is to go and, uh, you know, talk to people at dog shows. Uh, You know, you take a trade space and actually just use it as an opportunity to get your product out um, to the wider public. Uh, But because of the high temperatures, um, loads of those events were just cancelled. You know, it was too hot for the dogs. And so it was just, well, I can't do that. (laughs) I haven't got this.
1: Which is also ironic because you've got a hydration product for dogs.
0: (laughs) I know, I know. And that was the other thing that was really gutting, actually, really gutting, because it was like, oh, my God, this is my prime moment. You know, the hottest summer in years, and I can't do it. So um, very frustrating.
1: Have you had any, um, any kind of haters who've taken against you? I mean, if you do anything in the public sphere, and I imagine pet owners can be as vicious as anybody else. Has anyone sort of, you know, had a go at you on social media or, or anything like that? Or have you been relatively okay so far?
0: I've had um, on social media, uh, social, uh, social media for dogs is um, it's quite a nice place. Um, it's quite a happy place. Um, you know, lots of people, you know, they have, for example, they have, um, Instagram pages for their dogs. Um, so you, I mean, I know a lot of my followers because they all have interesting dog names and, uh, and everyone is generally very nice to one another. Occasionally I've had a couple of instances where people have been nasty about each other's dogs. Um, we do a tongue out Tuesday competition every Tuesday, um, on Instagram and Facebook. And, um, you know, they, there's a little bit of rivalry sometimes goes a little bit overboard. <laughs> um, to- tongue out <laughs> Tuesday.
1: Is it, is this where you have a photo of your dog with its tongue out? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's, and, uh, it, it's, it's, a standard, uh, Instagram handle, but so we do a competition. We, we run the competition every Tuesday. And, um, so, but uh, apart from a couple of instances, it, it's it's pretty nice. It, in fact, it's very nice. Um, I would say. Um, directly, I think the the biggest um, the biggest sort of issue that I've had um, has been people making comments about the packaging. So um, slurps are. I've got actually. I've got a couple here. I don't know if you can see. Can you see that? Can you see that? Well, so. Um, what you can see is um, actually the sorry, I've got a blind in front of me, so it isn't striped, like and yellow. Yes, uh, right, yeah, yeah. So, so you can see it. Basically, it's made it's plastic packaging, and um, I've had a lot of abuse about that.
1: Um, right, because it's plastic.
0: Yeah, there is nothing I can do. Um, there, my only option at the moment is is to use plastic. Um, I could use glass. If I used glass, I would have to acidify the product. Um, most dogs don't like acidic products, so that's pointless. Um, you know, Other sort of plastic alternatives, such as things like cornstarch, um, I can't use because actually we heat treat the product inside the pack. Um, so it needs to withstand 120 degrees. Cornstarch won't support that. So right now, um, I have one option, which is plastic. And, um, you know, the one on a positive note, uh, it's, you know, it reduces down very flat. Um, so it, it's not bulky. It does take up lesser amount of space. But I would like to change out of plastic. I don't want to use plastic. But, you know, if, if, I'm, if there's somebody standing there saying, I need a product because actually last week my dog was at the vet on a drip. Um, you know, actually the, the health of the dog is more important. And so in the initial term, I, I, I have to use plastic. And then, but as say, as soon as an alternative becomes available, then I will move to that. So that's where my, that's what, and, and the people who make comments just seem to believe that there is, uh, there are, or there is always an alternative to plastic. Yeah. You know, and if there is and I don't know it, I would love to know it. So, you know, that would be great. Um, but at the moment, I've spoken to many, many people, many packaging experts, and they've told me this is my only option.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have a client who's uh, who, who's branded as the Packaging Oracle. And uh, so if she has any ideas, I'll get her to tell you. But I imagine you're, you're pretty familiar with everything that's out there already. So um, uh, one final question, which which is... Is there anything you wish you'd known right at the beginning that you, that you know now? Or perhaps another way of putting it is, is for anybody else who's listened to this and has an idea for a product, whether it's a physical product, it could be something else, um, but particularly physical products, and they want to get out into the world, what's the number one bit of advice you think they need to know if it isn't obvious?
0: Uh, it's really hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: A lot of people might say that's obvious.
1: No, but a lot of people have his ideas, don't they? They go I've got a great idea for a vegan this, that, or the ever And you go, like, okay, but the idea is like what a very small part of the whole thing.
0: Yeah. So if you think it's really hard, it's a lot harder than that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it.
0: No, it's um I don't know. Uh is there any bit of it takes much longer. You can put in every timeline you want. It's going to take longer, unless you've got huge amounts of money behind you, um, which generally you won't have until you've got through the initial stages where you've you know proven a concept. Um, it's really hard. I'm going to keep saying uh, it's, but it's also um, you know, and you have to be, you have to just try everything. You know, it, it's. Funny how a lot of people just kind of say, oh, well, you know, I can, you know, I'm good at developing products. Well, actually, that's no good. You have to be good at developing products. You have to be good at selling products. You have to be good at doing your finance. You have to be good at technical. You have to be good at, um, you know, doing your numbers, um, talking to people, um, you know, sourcing products, finding them, you know, stock management. You have to do everything. And, um, particularly in a product, uh, in a product related, um, sort of, uh, business, you, you really have to think about everything. Um, you know, I've, I've got 25 things at least on my, on my to-do list for this afternoon and they're all different. I mean, I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, so do I. I agree.
0: But some people don't. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I mean, sometimes there's a bit of an advantage if you can make it work. You can start with somebody else, and they're good at uh, they're good at the stuff that you're not good at, and so on. So maybe you're good at products and they're good at people or systems or finance or something, you know. Um, but otherwise, as you say you've got to, be to take a lot of stuff on. And uh, and I think it's good to have, particularly if you're a CEO, it's good to have a basic understanding at least. Even if you have an accountant and a financial planner, if you don't understand what they're doing. Then it's well you don't know if they're doing it right for starters. So you've got to have a kind of basic understanding of everything. But I like learning things, so I'm pretty cool with that. I think it's a good warning. I think I think people who have ideas for products think it's um, it's all about the idea, as I said, and it's it's way more than that. And uh, when you're doing those timelines, as you mentioned, you don't you don't budget for the fact that suddenly the product's going to turn out to have a completely different shelf life or. All the, your promotional events are going to be spontaneously cancelled because of the freak weather uh, pattern, or you know, you, you don't build those into the timeline, do you? So even if you add in like ten percent slack or something, <laughs> you don't build in that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: I know. I mean, and, and some things you just find out, and you think, oh, I don't know anything about that. So you know, one example is, you know, my I get I told you I, I get fish oil from uh, Iceland, and you know, like comes in through some port near. Grimsby and the first time it came through I had no idea what was going on and I thought well hopefully someone's going to tell me when it arrived <laughs> and, and they did and it was a week late in fact it might have been two weeks late and then they sort of said oh we'll get it transported and they mucked up the transport and in the end I thought you know what next time I'm going to do the transport because actually It's not that hard. You know, I I just cheat pallet delivery.co.uk and you can find these things out. And over time, you know, little things, you suddenly think, oh, I can do that. It's not that hard. But you have to be prepared to do that.
1: So you need a certain amount of resilience, I think, and ability to learn fast. But I think also all these things that are difficult and are a learning curve are a barrier to entry for everybody else. So the reason there aren't a thousand different dog hydration products is because, Starting any of them is is quite hard, and starting anything and making it successful is hard. I mean, apart from the fact you've you've been innovative and you've spotted a real opportunity, in order to make it happen, you've you've got to jump through all these hurdles, haven't you? So yeah, well done. (laughs) That's what I can say. Um, It's great. Well, be very. I've got clients. I've got a client who's created a nutrition uh, bar for for cyclists, and I've got a few other people who are doing. who would like to do food products we haven't already started so that's that's really interesting and i think there's there are lessons for everybody as well if people want to find out about slurps what's the website to go to uh it's wwwwwwslurps uh, number four pets.co.uk okay slurps for petscouk number four and what's your instagram handle because that sounds quite fun if people want to get involved with the uh, tongue out tuesday and similar things
0: yeah, that's slurps for Pets as well. Same thing again, or with again with the number four, yeah. Cool. And same on Facebook, yeah.
1: Oh, brilliant, okay. Well, thanks a lot, Susan. I really appreciate you making the time for this.
0: Thank you. Thanks, It's been nice talking to you. Thanks, John.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ideas Lab podcast. Please do subscribe, and if you've enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you could leave us a review. You can get links and details of everything mentioned in the podcast in the show notes, along with photos and video clips from many of our episodes. Just go to theideaslab.org forward slash podcast.